Seeking the Lord's blessing, we turn again to that chapter that we read, Joshua chapter 24. And we may read again at verse 15, maybe from verse 14. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. For if it seemeth evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And with a particular emphasis on these last words, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Now we have here um, Joshua's final exhortation uh, to the people as he is now in his old age uh, before the time of his death. And in this uh, chapter, we have an account of how the Lord had dealt with them, being reminded of that. And there is a plea, obviously, for, if you like, covenant renewal here for them as a people. What it really is basing that on, of course, is, as I was saying, remember what God has done for you. And he says, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And so he's saying, put away the other gods, anything else that is in your minds, in your hearts, taking up your time. This is where your focus must be. This is where your attention must always be. So take a stand on the Lord's side, whatever anyone else is doing. And there was plenty going on around them, as you know. And down uh, time and time and time again, we see other gods and other nations. But he is saying to them, this is what you must do. You must take a stand on the side of the Lord. Forget anything and everyone else and what they are doing. No, friends, that advice surely is just as crucial today as it was in Joshua's day. Put away your other gods. Serve the living and the true God. Stand on the side of the Lord. You have every reason to. He's been blessing you. He's been merciful to you. He has not dealt with you according to your sin. Now, I have no doubt that that is not any easier today than it was in these days of Joshua. Indeed, the enemy maybe in our day, maybe more subtle than it was in those days. It was clear in those days, really, who the enemy was on all these other nations with their false gods. But there is still an enemy to fight today. And yes, very subtle, because the world is in much, in great measure in the hand of the devil, and the world is against the Christian and against Christ. 
The world cannot be indeed otherwise. But there are occasions and there's eras where it seems that it's as if Satan and the devil himself is stirred up to stir up people. And I think that that is true for our own day, evidenced in many, many different ways. But even if that is so, even if he's still active, even if he is still the enemy of our souls, we have to stand on the Lord's side. The world has little time for us. The world has little time for the Lord Jesus Christ. Even in our own nation, that is very evident from the top, even in the government. But friends, does that mean then, well, it's very hard to be a Christian. It's difficult to, 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 to step out and be seen to be different from the world around us. Does that mean that we have to give in? Does that mean that we have to go along with them? So many people have the whole idea, don't they? Well, majority rules. That's what matters. What is the majority? What do the majority want? And so we must go along with the majority. Well, friends, you know the answer to that. It is very clear. Choose ye this day a choice to be made before each and every one of us. The whole idea here of to serve that, what he is saying here, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, honor the Lord, adore the Lord, reverence the Lord, forget these other gods, forget the influence of the world, forget the influence of other nations, however powerful they may be. This is what is required of them here. It is what is required of us as well. And so in love, love for God, doing the will of our master. Now, this is not then, of course, a reluctance service, but it is a willing obedience. It is not just doing it well, I really don't want to, but I might as well do it to keep the peace. This is about a willing obedience. It's about serving the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Indeed, friends, it has to be said, you cannot serve God any other way unless you're fully engaged in it, giving your all to him. And is that not a mark of a good servant, one who is willing to obey, one who will do whatever, as we read elsewhere, to do thy will, I take delight. So, friends, for yourself or myself, can we say tonight, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Whatever goes on around us, that's what I am going to do. And so tonight, the friends, I would like to see here on the three headings, there is a personal commitment, there's a family commitment, and there's a public commitment. Personal, family, and public. We have that in our text, I believe. First of all, there's a personal commitment here. As for me, he starts off, notice, with himself. Here he is setting out a stall very clearly for all to see. This, he says, is what I am doing. This is where I am standing. 
This is what I am determined to follow the Lord. I am resolved to do it. As for me, here now he is clearly showing where he is standing. And there, friends, is a good way to begin, is it not? Indeed, that must be where it begins. It's a personal thing. It's not about what your parents were, or your grandparents were, or your husband or wife, or anybody else. It's a personal thing. And it's a personal question for ourselves tonight. Are we tonight with that level, full-hearted commitment and determination to say, I don't care what anyone else says. I don't care what anyone else goes. I don't care how the world does. I know what the Lord has done for me. I am going personally to stand on the Lord's side, whatever, come what may. That's the kind of commitment that we must begin with. That's how it was. That was Joshua's mindset. As for me, he says, oh, my friends, would to God that more of us would have that determination. Those of us here who profess to be followers of the Lord. How much of our following of the Lord is half-hearted? How much of it is not in the way that it should be? Certainly not being the way that Joshua's mindset was here. But Joshua here knew he could only ask others to follow the Lord if he was doing it himself. That's where it had to begin with Joshua. That's where it must begin with you and I. He had to do it. He had to show. He couldn't say one thing and do something else. He knew if he was doing it himself, that had to be first. He had to declare his own position. And that's what you and I must do. Personally declare where you stand. You see, friends, what kind of witness would it be to tell the family and the people at large to follow the Lord if he himself was not doing so. It would be ridiculous to do so what Joshua to say, well, you do it. This is what you must be. Don't do as I do, but do as I say. And the same thing. Can you imagine that for ourselves? Can you imagine, friends, if I can put it this way, if I was standing here tonight preaching to you as I seek to do and exhorting you to serve the Lord Jesus Christ, and am I myself not obviously doing so? How ridiculous that would be. My message would be immediately undermined. You see, it's a personal aspect of it immediately. The example, friends, is so important. The example is so important in your own life. To be seen, you cannot just tell somebody else to do something and you are not willing to do it yourself. Here we see it particularly showing what kind of, for parents, for example, tell the children, and we all do it, don't we? Parents, grandparents, whoever you can influence over, don't do that or do this. But then if they can turn around and say, well, you're not doing it, you're doing that. How can you tell me? You see, the example is so important. And so Joshua here is reminding them of how the Lord has delivered them, not just once, but time and time again. Is that what we read in the chapter? How often the Lord had blessed them, how often the Lord had been with them, how he had even forgiven them time and time again. And he's saying, well, what reason have you not to trust him? 
And I say to you tonight, dear friend, out of Christ here, what reason have you not to trust him? Hasn't he been good to you? And you're still on mercy's ground. Are you still not someone that you can say that you have not been dealt with whatever else you know according to your sin? And so this is what he is saying here. He is asking this. And Joshua could show from his own experience that God had ever been faithful. Ever faithful. Look, he says, at what you have been given to them, even from their own uh, experience, even at temple, verse 13. I've given you a land which you didn't labor for, cities which you built not, and you dwell in them, vineyards and normal which you planted not, do you eat? Look at all I've given you, even that temporal thing, temporal things, he was so good to them. And here is, he said to them, well, this surely has been so good to you, it's been so good to me. I am following the Lord. There's a personal commitment on his side. You see, friends, what temporal blessings have been your own. You think of other people who've gone through much more hardship than you have, even at a temporal level. Not saying that you have to be millionaires or anything else, but on a very temporal level, has the Lord not been good to yourself? Joshua saying here, you have a decision to make, but I've already made mine. I know in whom I have believed. And for you tonight, friend, I say to you as well, you tonight who have not as yet gone along with the God of Joshua, I say that to you tonight, there's a decision to make. Are you willing to make that personal decision, particularly that is required of you? The Lord our God, will we serve and whose voice will we obey? Are you willing to say that, to do that for yourself? You see, friends, this was, as I said earlier, this was with Joshua. It was not about the majority vote. It wasn't saying, well, let's see who wants to go here and who wants to go that way. It's not about, let's see how many are on this side and how many are on that side. And then I'll decide what to do. No, he is immediately nailing his colors to the mast here. There's nothing to do with, as it were, democracy here. What we have here is that he is doing what he feels the Lord would have him do. Look at our own day. Not a crime democracy. It's not a bad thing, but it can be misused. And so it is. And how it's been for the last few years. Whatever the government says, we must do. No word of what God says. No word of what the word of God says. And if there's a contradiction there, why is it so often that even as Christians, well, we better fall in with the crowd. It's democracy after all. Dear friends, there's nothing like that here. What does the Bible say? What does the Lord require of us? Here he knew where he stood and nothing was going to move Joshua. Can you say that? Are you like that? Do you have that faith? Are you living in that way? And I am asking you, as, as Joshua is doing here, and as remember Moses did the same thing earlier, who is on the Lord's side? But who is not on the Lord's side? Are you on the Lord's side? Or are you not on the Lord's side? 
if I was going to ask you to stand up here to declare tonight where you stand, would you be willing to do so? Or are you still unwilling to say one way or the other? Friend, God has dealt so graciously with you as he had with the people here. He didn't deal with them according to their sin. Ultimately, he delivered them. And he's not dealing with you tonight according to your sin. But are you willing? Are you willing to take a stand on the side of Christ? Whatever anyone says, whatever the cost, that has to be. And this is what we see here, a personal commitment. That's how it all begins. And Joshua says then, but as for me. But then he goes on, secondly, to a family commitment. As for me and my house. My house. We will serve the Lord. Do you see what it moves from? Begins with himself, and then he takes in his household which would, of course, include more than just his immediate family, but the, the whole idea, all connected with him. How could he give this promise? Well, first of all, only as we saw that he himself was seen to be serving the Lord. All the important friends of personal, personal witness in our homes, in our families, in our neighborhoods, amongst our friends, our workplaces. What was he doing? He was giving his household a perfect example. You see, friends, heads of the homes not only have a duty to all in their homes, but it's a privilege that God has bestowed upon you, a privilege that you can lead, a privilege that you can show those you have an influence over, whoever they may be, doesn't have to be children or any, you can be husband, wife, or whatever. If there's a place of influence, that is huge, but particularly for those who are the heads of the home. And you see, Joshua would not just be speaking to them. Surely he wouldn't just be exhorting them. He would certainly be sure be doing that in the home, as it were, his own household. But the way he lived, would also speak a lot. The way he lived, my dear friend, my Christian friend here tonight, is the way you live, bringing any influence for good to bear on those you have contact with from day to day. For Joshua, obviously, how he lived was important. It would speak loudly and clearly. As the head of the household, he had responsibilities and he was leading them in the way that he should. You see, with Joshua, there would be no question about where he stood. There was no question whatsoever of what he believed. No question in his household as to what he was saying to them, what he believed and what he therefore expected his household to do. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You see, here is what we have here. It was for all. His influence was there. His family, a commitment to the family to bring them along. And those of you here tonight with 
children or grandchildren or whatever, young people, we, who may not as yet be followers of the Lord. Maybe you young folk, there are somebody an influence over you and your mother or father or grandparents or aunts or whoever, and they are following the Lord. And I am sure that you as well, you're obedient to them in many ways, those who are over your household. And you may well be seen as a good young person because you are good in the sense that you are not rebelling against the Lord in any way. But then you want to please your parents. You want to please those who have influence over you, whoever they may be. I would never dream of doing anything else, you see. But what about trusting your soul to their Lord? What about taking that step in faith? The same thing, husbands who love your wives, wives who would do anything for your husband. Why is this most crucial of matters? Why are you not with them in the most solemn and important matter? Why are you reluctant? They are willing, they pray for you. They desire that you would be like themselves. And this can apply to any relationships, friends, that we have an influence over people we all have in one way or another. Oh, yes, I know that the greatest responsibility falls on the head of the home. And you, husbands and fathers, you see, you are just more, you are more than breadwinners, wives and mothers. You are more than homekeepers. You've got to be far more than that. That is good, but it's not enough. What about yourself? So what about yourself? So who tonight, uh, not just you, but your household serving? Who in your household are you influencing, committing to follow the Lord? Of course, a personal thing, but your influence I'm talking about here. You see, there can be no divided loyalty in this matter. Choose you this day whom you will serve. You see, friends, those of us who profess to be Christians, our example, our witness, if we are believers, whoever we are, whatever we are, whatever our circumstances, our witness is so important. Joshua begins with himself, as for me. And then he includes the families, a family commitment, the household commitment. You see, friends, no one becomes a believer by accident. It's always a personal act of your will. But I believe I'm not taken away from the sovereignty of God at all. Some may be turned away from any interest in their need of salvation by your and my obvious lack of commitment. Isn't that a fearful thing? If we are not making our loved one's soul's salvation of any great importance, maybe because of their youth. Oh, how often we hear that. Oh, but 
I don't want to force religion down their throats. Oh, but all I can do is pray for them. Well, here's something else, friends, I believe as well. Such statements are far too often nothing more than an excuse and a reluctance on many parts, many people's parts, to challenge those whom they have an influence over within their household. And I'm using the word household, yes, children and family, but wider as well. You and I know that we can make excuses very quickly and reluctance to speak. Oh, yes, friends, pray for them. Of course, pray for them. But to say clearly, I'd be like the apostle of old, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Yes, pray for them. Pray that they will be converted. Indeed, don't ram, no, don't ram religion down their throats, because if all you have is religiosity to ram down their throats, it'll get you nowhere. What is the point in that? You better keep your mouth shut than all they can see. And I hope and pray that is not so, but sadly it may well be. All they see about some of us are religiosity. That's not the witness. That's not the witness of Joshua. That's not the witness that be yours and mine either. You see, all the religiosity in the world won't save one single soul. Not one. But surely, friends, if you are here tonight and like Joshua, you've come to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ yourself. You are more than a religiosity to commend to them. You have a savior to commend to them. One who has saved you. That's why you can say, ah, as for me, because I have been saved. And my desire from my house is also that together we will serve the Lord. He had that influence over them. You have the Lord Jesus Christ Christian to commend. And in that way, you can then be determined with the authority of the word of God to exhort your loved ones and your household to also serve the Lord. So we see then it begins with a personal commitment. And then he has a family commitment but a household commitment. And then thirdly, he's also here with a public commitment. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, if you look at the beginning of the chapter, Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel and he called for the elders of Israel, for their heads and for their judges, for all their officers, and they present themselves before God. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, and so on. You see here, it's a public thing. It wasn't just within his home. It wasn't just with a few people round about. He addresses all the people. And he challenged them to follow the example of himself now and his household. He is doing so clearly bringing in, pleading to others, speaking to others, out in the street, as it were. Not an easy thing. We all know what our dear brother, Donald John, goes out. 
speaking in the streets here, there, and everywhere. Not an easy thing. Some of us would find it hard to do and some maybe impossible to do. But this, friends, is how it is. Here was Joshua. He told all the people. He spoke to them all as they gathered together. Could you do that? Would you be willing to do Oh, I don't know if I could do that. I remember when I was in college and the professor was teaching us uh, these matters regarding going out and uh, witnessing and so on. And one of the students asked him one day to come down to Princess Street, where we used to go down and try and do some open-air preaching. And he said, oh, I can't do that. I'm getting too old for that nowadays. We were astonished. One thing to preach it and to say it, but will you willing to do it? Friends, it's not maybe easy. Could you go down to Cromwell Street and speak up for your Lord? But are you ashamed to do so? Would you be ashamed to do so? To go door to door and to speak to people, to witness for the, for the Lord? Could you say without pride and genuinely from Scripture teaching that your home is proof of what you're exhorting others to do? You're not asking them to do what you won't do yourself. You're not saying anything that you don't know something of yourself. That is to follow the Lord. Give that example, not boasting and thinking of what you do is worth worth uh, imitating in and of itself. That's not at all. But come here, I'll tell what he did for my soul. There's the thing, friends, what he did. And there's something of the spirit of Joshua here. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord because he was one who had come to know the Lord. And he was telling them all. He gathered all the tribes of Israel together. He said unto all the people, it was clear what he was doing. And you know, Christian, brother and sister here tonight, how we need to do this as well. Joshua nailed his colors to the mast. Nobody in his home or outside of his home had any doubt whose he was and whom he served. And for us here, friends, I have no doubt that every Christian here tonight, I have no doubt whatsoever that your household know that you're a Christian. <clears throat> Albeit you feel your own weakness and your failings at times. Within your own household, everybody, they all know that you're a Christian. I have no doubt that within this very congregation, those who profess the Lord, they all know who the Christians are in this place, those who profess publicly. But what about those that you meet in the street, at your work, your neighbors from day to day? Well, you say, people know I'm a Christian. They see me going to church. People know I'm a Christian because I don't go places I used to go. Is that it? Is that as far, friends, as your witness and mine goes? Is that as far as your witness that Christ has suffered the penalty for your sins goes? Do you think that Joshua just hoped that people knew where he stood? Absolutely not. He declared it. 
He wasn't ashamed to do so. He challenges the people. Choose ye this day whom you will serve. He showed them by example who he served. He showed them by word and by action. What he did, certainly what he didn't do, where he stood. And he spoke to them the words that he had to speak to them. Oh, to friends and foe, he would never hide his trust and faith in the Lord. Friend, you who may sadly continue to hide your light under a bushel, beware. May I remind you of the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall confess me before men, will I confess also before my Father, which is in heaven. Truly, Christ there was speaking, not just a few in the synagogue, as you'll read, he's out there amongst the people. And you know the other side of the coin and what he's saying there. What is he doing? What is Joshua doing? What is Christ speaking about? He is speaking surely about at least this takes taken into it, a public profession of faith. He is making clear where he stands. And friends, a public profession should be seen and heard if you love the Lord. It should be. And you know what, friends? Who knows? But eternity will show if maybe your public witness could be a means that God would use to bring someone else to trust in Christ. We've heard about these things, haven't we? Someone has spoke to me. Well, I was challenged by someone. I saw their lives and how they lived and what they said, and it brought me to question my own situation. And who knows, friends, but if you would make a stand as you should, that the day will come when eternity will reveal how that was. Maybe you'll never know it in this life. But of course, while that is true, then eternity may well show that your public witness was blessed to someone. Vice versa as well. And what a fearful thought that is. That your lack of witness, that you're a Christian. And again, not taken away from the sovereignty of God, as you know. But that your lack of witness as a Christian could be the reason where some poor soul did not seek the Lord and was lost. And even worse, your lack of witness within your own family circle. What a fearful thought, friends, that that be so. Well, then, a public commitment. In conclusion, then, what Joshua is doing here is really challenging and asking this question, as his predecessor, remember, Elijah did. The great question, who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side? Who is on the Lord's side here tonight? Are you? Are you? Are you over there or here? Are you on the Lord's side? Friends, this is the most solemn engagement we can ever make is with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. But you will never serve him. You will never choose him except you do so in this life. And not even death then will dissolve 
that holy union. Today, says the psalmist, if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. How many times some of you here have heard the voice, heard the gospel, heard it from this pulpit and elsewhere, for many years heard in your homes, and some of you still, and your hearts are still hard. Oh, my friends, pray that the Spirit of God, even this very night itself, would break your heart. Choose the Lord. I've never heard of anyone who's ever regretted choosing the Lord. Have you? I doubt it. No one who's ever become a Christian has regretted putting their faith and trust in Christ. And why tonight then? You who are already, already believers here, why don't you resolve to commit yourself more and more to be a better witness? And a better witness not be ashamed of declaring clearly, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And if you're here tonight and you're still, as I fear some are, halting between two opinions, why won't you take that step in faith, choosing this day to serve the Lord? Yes, witness at home. Yes, witness, first of all, personally, in your household, and then publicly. The necessity, friends, of showing forth whose side you are on. And then to be able to say, we're looking at a communion time very soon. Are you willing to say, well, I am serving the Lord. And I am going to show it, whatever the world says. So first of all, then, there's a personally, uh, as, personal aspect to it. And then it's within your own household and then publicly. So the question at the end of the day is, are you serving the Lord? Can you say that with Joshua? As for me and my house, but most of all, first of all, for me, I am serving the Lord. Let's pray. Oh, blessed Lord, won't thou take what is in accordance with thy will and word and apply that word tonight to remember that it is what thou must do ultimately. But that does not excuse any of us from not being obedient to thy word. We pray that there would be in this gathering tonight those who would resolve more and more to live unto Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Remember us together. Bless us this evening. Bless the fellowship afterwards. And love us freely, for Christ's sake. Amen.